Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I feel a groove coming on strong, yeah. That's a David Ruffin reference for those a little bit too young to understand. Welcome to the show. My name is Leister. Well, welcome back, if you've been here before. Uh, quite a bit of going on in cryptocurrency, and I've got a couple of personal updates too. And I, I think I think it's good, but it, you, you may be scratching your head at some of these, but trust me, follow me, bear with me. So I, I, I way back, you know, back in my day, this is a long time ago. This was a long time ago. It's possible some people listening weren't even born, but it's important. So everybody knows the Transformers. The Transformers are a household name. Everybody knows the Transformers, but the current, what we call Transformers, they're not Transformers. I actually saw what somebody joking, I don't even know what the name, it was some bastard version of Starscream. And I'm like, this looks horrible, ugly garbage. It's, it's all gray. There's no color. Starscream was known for the colors, the red, the blue, the gray. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is crap. So, but way back when, right, I had the original Transformers. We're talking the originals, the, the, the real Transformers. And these were collectibles. You talk about Teddy Ruxpin. I had Teddy Ruxpin, by the way. You talk about Beanie Babies. I skipped that era on purpose. You talk about Pogs. I, I, I had some Pogs, but I never saw the appeal. Like all these trends, all these fads, Pokemon Go and Mario Run or whatever that, you know all these fads and trends, right? At the time, Transformers was that. Kids were clamoring to get these things. And so I had the original Optimus Prime. I had three of the planes, the Decepticons. I had the two. Uh, They're basically, at the time, they were tape players. So, and the tape is like a bird. (laughs) So, but they're real. They actually played music back then. Well, I, you know, the Optimus, came with a buggy in the back. It was a little buggy thing. And I remember this fat kid from around the street, he would come over because I had all the cool toys. This was, this was just my childhood. I had all the cool toys. I had all the board games. I had computer. I had the, the Atari. I, you name it, I probably had it when I was a kid. I wasn't spoiled. I just was screened for stuff and I would get it. So I had all the Transformers and this fat kid came over and all I know is the buggy was there. And I remember I was in the living room playing on that carpet, shag carpet though it was playing with it. Next thing I know, I go down and the buggy's gone. Well, the thing is that was a, that was a rare, that guy was rare. He became rare because it was hard to find Optimus with the buggy. Well, I found one online and I ordered it. It's on the way from China actually. And I figured, okay, the planes now, I actually had like three of them. And I remember putting them in the closet. We moved to Southern California. And I remember putting them in the closet down in the hallway. Next thing I know, they go missing. And I don't know what happened to them. And I think, I have no proof, but I think my dad threw them out like an idiot. Those became rare because they were the original. So I had ordered, they apparently reissued these things. So I ordered Starscream because he was the coolest of them. That guy was a pimp. I ordered that. And geez, I was struggling making this thing transform. And I'm like, this is not, it was not this hard and it was not this clunky. And I I was trying to figure out what was different. And what's different is back then it was all metal. It was cast iron metal, the whole dang thing. And now it's like, I want to say probably 20% metal, 80% plastic. Yeah. I felt like I was going to break it at points, just putting the damn thing. Like I was, 
I'm like, man, I know I'm not this old. I remember doing the flip. I remember doing the flip down to the heads and all this, and the head doesn't look right, and I'm just, my heart's broken. And then Megatron, which actually transformed into what looked like a legit gun. You know, you couldn't run around with that these days. People are going, they want like 500 bucks for that. I'm like, that ain't worth me, brother. So that's my world, is trying to get that set up. Second, I got a Bob Ross kit. So I got Bob Ross stuff, and I'm actually going to do art. And the, the thing, the joke behind this, I got a D in art class way back in high school. So if I can pull off some kick in art, you know, screw that art teacher, and I'm glad he lost his job and got fired during the teacher strike. So that's that's my world, right? Let's talk some cryptocurrency here, and it ties a little bit to my personal updates for the show. So the show is shifting our host. So our host is was Anchor. Initially it was Substack, and then we switched to Anchor. And if you're listening to this and you found us from Substack, this is news to you, but we had moved host. We're no longer on Substack, so there's no updates going there. All the updates go to, right now, the new host. This episode is going to be on the new host starting effective. So to get our latest episodes, make sure you're going to CryptoTalkRadio.net because it always will get the latest episodes regardless of what the host is doing. I'm just letting you know in case your feed is tied to Substack, that should, in theory, be forwarding you to Anchor, which was the host after that. Anchor then Spotify absorbed that, which was a different host. And then now we got another host and it should forward you. But just to clean it all up, because the new host has redirected the audio and we are remastering some. So just make sure that you're always going to CryptoTalkRadio.net to get the latest, greatest of the episodes. And then get the feed from there to make sure that you got the cleanest possible feed. Let's go ahead and get some numbers. Let's talk it out. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what the hell is going on with crypto prices? I don't blame you. Trust me. I was, I wasn't surprised, but it got to the, it got so bad that I actually pulled out my, I have a Trezor hardware wallet (laughs) and what I did. So I'm a, I'm a whale in bone. And because it's so bad, what I literally did is I took my bone steak large as it is. I built up a brand new wallet. A, you know, digital wallet, the blockchain wallet, a brand new on the Trezor, shifted my bone to it, and it's just going to sit there because I got to wait this one out. This is one where there's just turmoil before we get to the sunny days. So if you are in, if you have hardware wallets, it's obviously good for protecting your assets, but the other benefit of these is it's out of sight, out of mind. You know, you're not thinking about it. You're not worried about it. We knew, and I knew, I've been telling you guys, don't want to give my credit, but I've been telling you guys at CryptoTalkRadio.net that I felt like 2024 was the key. I didn't feel like, this is why I said I didn't see a bull run. I don't. I see a bull market. They're shopping. They damn sure are shopping. The the total market caps up. I think it was $1.40 trillion last I looked at it. We'll check it here in a second. But certainly they're shopping, just not a bull run. I didn't see it. I still don't see it. And now hopefully you understand why Leister said what he said, and you'll spread the word to your friends and neighbors and everybody else who will listen. When you listen to those YouTubers who are telling you we're at the bull run and then you see it go red, what does that do? It depresses you. It pisses you off. It angers you. They're not lying to you. Nobody knows for sure. Everybody's taking a guess at it, but here's the key. We can also look at sentiment, and sentiment is one of those measures that's often ignored, and it's one of the most important in cryptocurrency, especially now, because it's not as easy to go on the run since we know 2021 was an aberration. It's an outlier. That was that was manipulation, bar none. So we, unless that happens again, 
we we expect it's going to run, but you have disruption in the middle. And I felt like, you know, sentiment was going to play in people that just see red continue to go, but they keep hearing from certain people. We're at the bull run deep, deep, deep. And then what happens? It doesn't happen. And these people sell. I was just on coin market cap and I was joking, but I'm still where people on the bone side, they're depressed they're angry. People said, I've been holding for years. It's not going anywhere. It is something. And the devs, they want the devs to show up. The truth is it's not bone. Bone actually has been reasonably stable given give or take, right? We saw a pump up to the dollar eighty, dollar seventy, and that's got people thinking that it's always supposed to do that. And it's not. You still got sell pressure, but it's been reasonably stable. Bone didn't crash all the way back down to the 30 cents. It's it's actually hovering very nicely over the 60. But the truth is it's not running the way people expect because it's not going the way people were told. And people are going off of what they're told and they're making an assumption about what should happen. When we go to coindesk.com, and I encourage you to follow along, I'll explain what I'm talking about. Zoom out to the month chart. When you zoom out to the month chart, tell me what you see here. You see that it ran up and it's headed right back down. It's not crapping, but it's headed back down after the run up. I said this, geez, multiple episodes ago. I said the question is whether is not whether or not we're going to go on a run. That's a given. The question is not is whether we're going to be able to sustain that run. I said that repeatedly. And I didn't think we'd sustain it. If you can't sustain it, that's not a bull run in my definition. It's a bull market because we are getting run ups. If it was not a bull market, you would see much more red. Right now, there is more red than green, but not by much. It's actually it's actually at a good spot. I mean, a low of 1940, a high of 2090. That's not bad. It's hovering about 1980. That's actually pretty dang good. 1980 is is pretty close to where we did the run-up. So it's not like we crashed back down. But you got to be realistic in what we know to be the case with cryptocurrency, which is that as people tell you something is definitely going to be a thing, we're definitely at the bull run. We're here right now. It's time for us to fly. We're going to the moon, doop, doop, doop. And then it doesn't happen. It's going to kill sentiment. And that's what I believe is happening. I believe because people are speaking in absolutes about what they can't prove it's causing people to get it in their mind. They're just blindly believing people. And then they get disappointed when it doesn't happen. This is why every time I talk it out, I say, this is what I'm feeling. I look at the month chart. The month chart tells me here's where we're going. I could get it wrong, but this is what it tells me. This is where we're going. And in every episode, I tell you, please don't YOLO into shit. Please don't FOMO into anything and be, be smart about it. No matter what, it should be throwaway money. Your, your psychology is getting jacked up if you're tossing so much money that you actually get angry. Like, it should be that if something does crap, you're just like, eh, whatever, it's throwaway money, I don't really care. And if it goes up, you're like, okay, cool, I made a couple hundred bucks or whatever. People are just looking for that thousands and thousands and, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions and millions and millions. That's, that's an extreme outlier. That's essentially gambling. It's essentially the lottery. If it's what you want to do, that's great. It's never what I'm going to advocate. So, I personally feel like the numbers are actually in a good spot. Certainly it is a bull market. We're not crashing back down. Everything is actually mostly on an uptrend. Overall speaking, especially when you look at Bitcoin, everything's on an uptrend. It's just that we are not going to be able to sustain, you know, strong run up. And I said, 2024, it's probably the earliest we're going to see that. So far, it appears like I'm on track here. It feels it feels like it from the graph. If you look historically on the graph, it feels like, yeah, from a timing perspective, looking at how long it takes to hit certain points. 
So if you look at how long it took to go from $29,000 to just $30,000, that didn't take that long, right? We had a significant run up and then it had to plateau a bit, right? And then it had to run for a couple of weeks, goes a little bit higher and to run for a couple of weeks. So if that's true, and that's the pattern that we see, that means 2024, mathematically speaking, has got to be the answer. Because consider, we only got 47 days left, folks. So if it takes two weeks of running sideways before we get to another run-up, what does that tell you? It tells you it's got to be sometime around 2024 unless magic happens. I think we may have another unrealistic pump. I just personally don't believe it's going to sustain until 2024 at minimum. Where do I think that pump's going to come up? BlackRock very recently filed their Ether Ethereum ETF prospectus with the SEC. They're registering the iShares Ethereum Trust. And on the NASDAQ, they were seeking approval for this. So they did the filing. They want to get approval. This caused some of the pump up that we saw on the Ethereum side. And the reason that it settled back down is because certain people, it's by the rumor, sell the news, right? So the rumor was that, okay, this is going to get filed and we're going to get expedited on there. We knew the SEC is going to drag their damn feet on everything they have to do to the very last minute. The very last minute, if I recall, is sometime in January. Is it making sense now why I keep saying 2024? Because it's all gamesmanship. But the most important point and the reason I want you to stay safe, understand that rich people don't care about you and they don't care really about the ETF. What they're doing is they'll cause pumps to get people to buy in so they can dunk on you. It's a trap. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't take profits. It means it's risky business. It means that you have, you're at strong risk of getting dunked on if you're not careful. So that's why I keep saying be careful if you are going to take advantage of the profits, and I do encourage you to do so. Just be careful when you do. If you're one of these, like this idiot who sat on bone for two years without taking any profit, by all means, that's a, that's a viable strategy. I just think you're an idiot because there were tons of profit opportunities, especially with bone. And my gut tells me he bought at the top. My gut tells me he bought it like $3, maybe $4, sat on it thinking it was going to go upward, which makes no sense because every cryptocurrency has the same pattern. They start, they go up, they go down, and it usually takes years before they see a run-up again, especially because Bone hadn't done anything. It didn't do anything for the longest time until very recently. Even now, it doesn't really do anything. So either you're holding for years and you keep your mouth shut or you take for profits along the way because there were profit opportunities for him if he was so bold. And that's what I think happens here. When these pump-ups happen, they're just profit opportunities, but you're not going to see the major run-up. Everybody's expecting 2021 again. That's not going to happen, certainly not now. If it does happen, it'll be 2024 at minimum, possibly 2025 to see that much of a run-up if we do have it. Are you a gambler, a real gambler, though, at heart? Well, there's a new service. It's called Polymarket. Polymarket is allowing you to place bets using your cryptocurrency. One of the new bets that was just released is betting on Snoop Dogg and whether he's going to quit smoking weed. Because apparently Snoop Dogg came out recently and said, you know what? And he, he said it with a calm face. He said, you know, I'm officially giving up weed. I'm, I'm, I'm done smoking weed and I'm not going to do it no more. This came out on X that I'm going to do it. And then immediately they said, okay, we're going to put bets on this. We don't think he's done. We think he's going to keep on doing it. I said, quote, after much consideration and conversation with my family, I decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. Signed, Snoop Dogg. And so if I look at how he worded this, I, do I believe this? Hell fucking no. Uh, no. 
Come on, bro. I, no, I don't believe this. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> now, maybe he's maybe he's serious legit. I I don't think he's serious legit. I don't. I I think it's a joke. I think it's I think it's I think it's him being funny. I think what's happening is he put this out as a meme. Now, maybe it's legit. I just don't think so, because it, it's not even about the smoking. It's it's the way he put the message out here. He put it out and he put it, and of course the dude looks old as dirt, but he put it out in a way that made it seem like, like the please respect my privacy this time. Come on, man. Snoop, really, dude? I don't think he's giving it up, but if you want to bet on whether or not Snoop Dogg's really giving up the smoke, you can check out Polymarket. I'm not going to do that, but Polymarket, if you choose to, Polymarket will let you bet on whether Snoop Dogg's called polymarket.com, by the way. Snoop Dogg, whether he's going to quit the smoke. Currently, the odds are yes, up to 73%. So, okay, if he does, that means you'll get greater rewards than if he doesn't. It's, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> so now, let's talk about these Bitcoin ETFs. Because we just talked about the Ethereum ETFs. Let's talk about the Bitcoin ETFs. Let's talk about why that's taking so long, why there's such turmoil, why it's such a problem, why it's such a chaos, and why it's such a, a gamble in some ways as to where it is. What happens is, and the reason that they're dragging their feet on purpose, number one, I think they're holding back because they don't want, I think it's tinfoil. But setting aside, allegedly, Gary Gensler has made statements in private company about the market structure. The market structure, and I'll, I'll expound on this maybe on a different episode, but let me just try to breeze through and try to see if I can simplify what's happening here. What Gensler's resonating with is the fact that you have these disruptive events like the FTX crash, and these things cause significant right impact on the larger, the wealthy, to allow them to essentially crash a market. We saw significant liquidity flow out of cryptocurrency all across the board when the FTX situation happened. And you think about, you know, Celsius and Genesis and Voyager and all these crashes and it's basically this cascade effect similar to the housing bubble of 2008. What he's saying is that in his mind, part of the challenge is, okay, is this going to either exacerbate it or make it more likely to happen? And is it increasing the risk? And are we opening up the risk that something like that happens? I would counter this a little bit because my understanding, and I haven't gone deep to it, but my understanding is that this is really around spot. So in the spot market, you don't have nearly as much of that risk factor as you do on the perpetuals and the futures, right? Because when you're in the margin, because when you're doing margin, that was the whole FTX, right? Is they were low, they were borrowing, they were basically taking money, borrowing it out, lending it out, letting this other person take a loan. So you get all this, all this layering of lent money, almost like fake money and money on the books that didn't really exist. And then when something happens, it all comes crashing down. That's really different than the spot market. The spot market, by and large, is insulated from the majority of it. It's if somebody puts it up for a certain price that they believe it's worth and somebody's willing to buy it for that price, it is what it is. It's a straight-over transaction. Margin's not like that. Margin, you're borrowing money you don't have in order to do a trade on something that you can't really afford to hopefully get a return that you didn't really earn. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a whole house of cards strategy. If you're going to do any sort of regulation, to me, it wouldn't necessarily be on ETF itself, and I don't think it would be on spot. It would be on perpetuals, futures, and margins. 
And I do think there needs to be regulation in those avenues because what happens is those are where you get the major liquidations happening. Everybody leverages themselves to the nth degree and then the price happens to shift the other way and they all get wrecked and then it kills the business. We saw that with Bitcoin very recently. So I'm saying that I think the sentiment is accurate in terms of a concern that the institutionals might cause another crash. I'm saying I don't think that's related to ETF directly. I think it's related to perpetuals and futures and margins and and the freedom to do those trades. Some of these exchanges will try to crack down on it, but we're starting to see like Coinbase. I think they just did futures and all these other ones. It's like at some point, there's got to be some sort of guardrails around how far somebody can play with money the way that those are happening, and then it would alleviate some of the concerns. So people think, though, that the ETF is still going to go forward and that the feet dragging is simply posturing. I can't say. I am saying that if his concern really is around just ETFs, I think it's faulty. I think we should have concerns around perpetuals and futures, not around just ETF itself, because if it's spot, I don't think it really matters nearly as much. Have you heard of GS Partners? GS Partners recently is under scrutiny from multiple states, including California and Texas, allegedly misleading crypto investors, allegedly They were backed by shillers, including Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, legendary boxer. Allegedly, and I wasn't here for this, but allegedly, I see, I haven't even saw, I haven't seen this business. I stay away from it, but allegedly they were doing operations across the world. And recently the states are ordering them to shut down the operations, allegedly defrauding people in crypto schemes, allegedly selling a bunch of NFTs around pieces of a, of a physical building stakes in a metaverse property. They called a bunch of shillers on different sports to go and just keep shilling the product to their followers. So I, I saw that, again, from, from far, because I'm not in any of the states that were there. What I did see is this is not uncommon. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of these that sell, like, a part of a business or an NFT that's tied to a physical asset. I talked about one with the real estate thing. So it's not, it's not like a, you know, it's not unusual to, to see something like that, I think the reason it got scrutiny is because of the shillers. That's my opinion. So I, if you've heard of GS Partners, or you've heard the products or any of that kind of stuff, just know that that's a big deal and that's that's uh, going to be a problem uh, in, at some point in the future. The other bit, as I wrap up here, so in the larger economy now, apparent now after a streak, there's been a streak of jobless claims going down where it seemed like the economy was trying to heal a little bit post-COVID. We were starting to open up a little bit, the coffers. We were trying to hopefully get inflation back under control. Turns around, we had a retreat because now stocks are going back down. Apparently, jobless claims are back on the rise. Gold started to rally ever so slightly. I actually had considered getting some gold bullion, by the way. I strongly considered it. I strongly did. Oil started to plummet. So this, this shifted the larger economy. This is why when I see people crapping on bone, these are people that don't understand. And the reason I do my channel is to try to educate people that there are all these different catalysts, negative catalysts, positive catalysts, but catalysts that affect cryptocurrency that don't necessarily attribute to incompetence of the devs. Like in the case of the SHIB ecosystem, we certainly have some incompetent devs. Bone is one of those that's largely insulated from the dev incompetence. And it's not about what Shibarium does, although that plays a factor. This dump recently was, it was a bunch of different things. You have the larger market economy having its issue. So that's number one impact. You've got Ethereum 
having that issue of the, you know, I don't want to say pump and dump. That's essentially what happened. You've got the delay on the ETF. You've got all these other catalysts that impact price. But if you notice on the graphs, they never last. They didn't sustain. They'll, they'll go back up again because the bulls are out shopping. So my messaging to everybody out there is don't let that get to you. Don't stare at the graph because you're just going to get depressed. It's all psychological. You shouldn't just look at your crypto every single freaking day. Set your alerts, watch and wait, and take profits. It's that simple. And just don't let it stress you. And if you are getting stressed, you probably got too much money in it, in my personal opinion. But the larger overall markets started having some problems. And so this contributed to some of the losses that we saw. Um, people were moving to assets that basically what happens is when, the, when we see this, we can tell because the money, the asset classes are moving to stable things. So like in cryptocurrency where people get out of these projects and they go to stable coins, on the larger economy, they'll go into fixed asset type classes like gold and that, you know, singular bonds or, you know, things, things that are less disrupted by what's happening in the larger industry. That's kind of where you see the money shift and that tells us there's a sentiment problem overall. And then the jobless claims is just, it went higher than people expected. People did not expect that jobless claims were going to go up after such a trend of them going down. People suspect the theory is that there's problems, larger problems happening worldwide that's contributing to this, especially when you think about energy, precious metals, and everything else. Precious metals remain largely stable because we depend on them currently as what it is, but Oil started to go down and decline. Of course, we know that's an attack on the larger oil industry. So on the stock side now, you can use the stock market to kind of measure what your strategy is going to be for cryptocurrency if you know how to pair the two and then just be careful with whatever you do. Be aware, though, cryptocurrency is not just disrupted by itself. Cryptocurrency is also disrupted by the larger economy. It's it's not just that crypto is a scam or your debts are incompetent. That plays in, but you're also affected by, because it's all the same money, right? If, if people choose not to buy into cryptocurrency, guess where it is? It's either in a bank or it's in the stock market, right? If, if the stock market, if money shifts to cryptocurrency and starts to leave the stock market, <clears throat> that means it's probably not going to be permanent. So if it's not going to be permanent, that means you can watch for price movement and make sure you're taking profits no matter what. And then my final update here is around Bitcoin. As we did some analysis, we saw that liquidity is low, above $33,000. And remember, if the liquidity is low at a certain point, it's going to go the opposite direction. So the theory is that we're going back down. So if we go back down, that's going to, that's going to cause some liquidations because people that were basically gambling that things are going to go up, they're going to get liquidated, and that's going to possibly cause a little bit more sell pressure incoming. That's my theory is what I say. So if we head back down, I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing for two points. One, it, it won't stay down for damn sure. It won't stay down and it'll buy some time if you were trying to increase your positions in certain things, <clears throat> whatever that may be. If you were trying to, it's a discount opportunity for whichever cryptocurrency that you were planning to get into. So the thing is, I am saying, and my, my, my note for people, I am saying the hardest thing you learn on cryptocurrency is you have to treat it not like banking right now because we don't or we shouldn't and not like the stock market, even though it trades that way. It's a psychological trick that if the price goes up, you should be buying. 
It's a psychological trick. If you look at it as a discount when it goes down, assuming that it's one that's not going to go anywhere. I'm not talking the garbage ones. I'm not talking mean coins. I'm talking the ones that are largely not going anywhere. If you treat it as a discount, you end up better off in the long run. But it's hard to train your mind to not freak out because it's red and instead treat it like a discount just like you do at a store. And I think the reason that we do that is because we don't think of cryptocurrency as something that we purchase. We think of cryptocurrency as something we invest in. It is something you invest in, but never forget, it is a purchase at some level. You're purchasing something. And that something has a value that moves just like any other product, right? If you buy a car, the car might be valued at $30,000. It depreciates the moment you drive it off the lot. And if you try to sell it, it's probably going to be about $20,000 the next time out. Does that mean that it's any less valuable as a car? No, it simply means that the person next who's going to buy that car, they're not going to pay brand new when you just drove it, right? If you think of it that way, it all makes sense of why buying on the green makes no damn sense. Selling on the red makes no damn sense unless that's your strategy. And you have a strategy, not just reaction. Having a strategy is good. If you told me, you know what, Leister at CryptoTalkRadio.net, what I do is I'm, I'm doing the sell on red because I'm trying to trigger more, the price to go down, right? So I can buy in at a lower price point so I can get more profit out of it. Great. I celebrate that. That's a great strategy. But if you're just saying, but yeah, but people are dumping deep, deep, deep. I would tell you if that's what you want to do, that's cool. But why? Why would that make sense? Why would it make sense to sell yourself at a loss? If it's a crap project and you know that and you're sending a message to those devs, great. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm telling you to be thinking about when these things happen, of these down points, because they're going to keep happening, at least till 2024, when they keep happening. I want you to think and ask yourself. Don't, don't justify it to me. Ask yourself, why is it you're tempted to sell when it's red? Why? And what do you get out of that when you do? It's a psychological trick. It's, it's tricking you, right? So then when things go up and you're tempted to FOMO off that green and it doesn't go very much far up and it starts to plateau almost immediately after you buy it, do you know why? Because they knew that you were going to do that. They meaning the rich people. They did that to trigger you to do that because they know that's how you think. So per personally, I would rather not be somebody's ex of liquidity. And I share that because I would like to see if we're all, if we're right, that 2024 is going to be something amazing. If we're right, that means that anybody who wants to take advantage of that really should be looking at this as all discount opportunities. And remember, everything is significantly up from where it was in November of last year. So put it together. It's actually upward trend. It doesn't feel like it when we have these dips, but that's why you're not, that's why I always say zoom out to the month chart, because if you zoom out to the month chart, and then further, you're going to start seeing it's actually headed upward. And 2021 should be ignored. I said that on another episode. Ignore 2021. It's a blip. It's an aberration. We've always been on a steady upward trend as we were supposed to. 2021, ignore it. And if you look at it from start to finish, balls to bones, we're on the right trajectory upward. If, if we're right, that means there's nowhere to go but up. And if we've cleaned out all the garbage like the FTX, who knows what the future may hold? And that may be life-changing for folks like yourself, like myself, and the larger world. Because if the larger world, 
you know, remember some places it's hard for them to scrounge up $20, right? So if they can turn 20 into $200. That's changing for them. That's, and that's really what it's going to be need to be because our governments are going to take care of us. You know that as well. I'm going to be doing a separate episode on video. So if I'm probably going to have it rumble as well in mid shoot, we are building up our own video platform, but for now it'll probably be rubble and Bitchu. But I'm going to be doing a dedicated episode around Vivek Ramaswamy and some comments he made recently about Bitcoin. So I do think it warrants a separate conversation. I'll say I like the guy and I think he's a great orator. He says the right things. I do have some concerns and I want to share those. So if you do want to check that out, we will be sharing that on our Rumble channel, rumble.com or bitchute.com if you want to check out our platforms and follow us there too. We don't do frequents. It's really like once a week, once every other week, depending on topical matter. We are going to be doing one on Satama here. That's going to piss some people off, and we're looking forward to that. And I will check back in with you guys next week. 